0: Welcome to The Eternal Connection, a radio broadcast ministry of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Whether it be through prescribed behaviors, rituals, or practices, every religion in the world teaches that if we desire to know God, it is our responsibility to find Him and know Him. Christianity, however, teaches something very different. Christianity teaches that God has come to us and has revealed His love for us by putting on flesh in Jesus Christ and by giving us His Word, through which He continues to speak to us today. We're glad you've joined us as Pastor Jay continues leading us through the Bible right here, right now on The
1: Eternal Connection. once again you are eternally connected thank you for joining us everybody happy second sunday of advent this is pastor eric j from st mark lutheran church in omaha nebraska who sponsors this program, and we are glad to bring you the word of God today as we continue to work through the book of Galatians. And we do so, I do so, joined in studio by two good friends who I'm thankful for, Chip Jason. How are we doing so far this holy day season? I'm doing great. Thank you, Pastor.
2: Yeah, I'm doing great, too. You know, it was fun because uh, last Wednesday, we got to go and videotape all the kids at the preschool doing their getting ready for a birthday party for Jesus this coming mm-hmm. week. Uh, and uh, each year they have a, a, a the nativity. They tell the story and dress up as angels and uh, shepherds. And it, it's it, it's always one
1: of the highlights of my year. Yeah, very cool. And then they uh, we show that polished video presentation right. yep. that Chip does such a good job with to the uh, the parents at a birthday party for Jesus that's coming up here yep. on uh, Wednesday and Thursday of this week. We're going to have some cake, have a birthday party for our Lord, and uh, celebrate what this season's all about. The arrival of the promised Son of God, promised of of old to come and be our Savior. And we're reading about him, as I said earlier, as we continue through the book of Galatians. We're going to be looking at chapter 2 today, starting in verse 1. But before we do that, Chip, pray for us, and we'll just get right into it. Okay.
2: You know, my prayer this morning comes from uh, Psalm 86, uh, verses 11 through 13. "'Teach me your way, Lord, and I will live by your truth.'" Give me an undivided mind to fear your name. I will praise you with all my heart, Lord my God, and will honor your name forever. For your faithful love for me is great, and you rescue my life from the depths of Sheol.
1: Amen. 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 All right, so Galatians chapter two starts with these words in verse one. Then after 14 years... I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas. Now, before we go on, any good Bible study, uh, a rule of Bible study is if you're starting with a passage and there's a word like then, or therefore, or afterwards, or because of this, you should probably do what right away? probably look back and see in what it's referring to. So you have some context. Yeah. So what, what has been happening, uh, just previous to this word then in verse one of chapter two, uh, that, that Paul's referencing. Well, he's talking about when
2: ultimately when he was, he's looking back to when he met the Lord Jesus uh, on the road to Damascus. Damascus. Yeah.
1: And for the purposes of telling the story accurately, met is a really kind way of of saying how Paul was introduced to Jesus right a little bit more visceral than that and uh, it, it did change his life right then and there yeah, yeah uh, as we've talked about, but it's important to review, uh, Paul is recounting how he was on the way to Damascus as a Pharisee to persecute the Christian church um, and this is part of his line of argument with the Galatians Church who is being deceived. Um, who is under the persecution of false doctrine uh, by Judaizers, by Jewish Christians who are now saying, oh, no, actually, you got to be circumcised and you got to follow these rules in order to be saved. It's not by grace through faith. It's, it's by grace plus fill in the blank. And so Paul's saying, look, don't listen to these guys. I was like them. I was a persecutor of the church um, and Christ called me. He blinded me. He showed me the truth of the gospel by calling even a murderous persecutor to be saved. And not just to be saved, but to bring the gospel to the Gentile world, to communicate that it comes by grace, not by works of the law. And so he's been telling that story about his own conversion to essentially give himself the credentials to to say what he's, he's gonna to continue to talk about here in chapter two. Well, and before we continue
2: that that brought to mind the fact that you know we live in a society today where there's such emphasis on ourselves and uh, our self-focus about us choosing god well if if that were truly the, how that would happen paul would have never been the the apostle paul or any of the other disciples he was killing right christians right and so it took god to take a murderous person like paul and convert him
1: and turn him into a Christian. Yeah, and if it was up to up to any man to to even find out who God is, just to give us the old covenant, no one would have known. Right. It, it took God coming to an unbelieving pagan. Moses was a murderer, also. Uh, I mean, right? Murder is kind of a pinnacle of sin. It's a gross demonstration of it. Um, mm-hmm. But there is no measure of sin. That's all God has to work with. So yeah, Paul. Paul is identifying, saying, "Look." If, if God chose me, saved me on the way to kill more people, then it can't be that you're saved by what you do or don't do. Amen. And that's the importance of his story. It's not to build him up. It's actually to build Christ up and proclaim that it comes by grace through faith alone and what's been done for you. So Paul tells that story and he ends in chapter one by saying that, um, those that, that, heard of my story, we're saying he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. That's the end of chapter one, verse 23. And then in verse 24, they glorified God because of me, which is Paul's whole point, right? Mm -hmm. My story should cause you not to glorify me, but to glorify God. Because if God can call someone like me, then he certainly can call anybody, even the Gentiles who aren't circumcised. And that's where he's going next in chapter two. He says, then after 14 years, and we're not too sure what the 14 years refers to. Um, it, it, it could be 14 years after his conversion. It could be 14 years after a trip he took. The, the bottom line is after 14 years of not being in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. doing this ministry, he went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. Now, Titus is a Gentile. He's, he's not Jewish. He's uncircumcised. He does not follow the laws of Moses. He's completely unfamiliar with them until Paul, the former Pharisee, who's an expert in the law of Moses, comes and brings this message that all you need to do is believe in Jesus. He's done it for you. He died. He rose again, paid for your sins. And that simple message brings Titus and many others to faith. And you can read about that in Acts 15. Then he says in verse two, I went up because of a revelation, He's talking about going up to Jerusalem and set before the people in Jerusalem, though privately before those who seemed influential, he's talking about the, the other main apostles there, James and John and Peter. I set before them the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. So to properly understand, because this is important if you don't know the backstory to all of this, this is part of Paul's upfront argument to the Galatians, who he feels are being bewitched, who he says in verse six, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting him who called you. They're believing that it's no longer by grace through faith that you're saved, but instead something you have to do. He's, He's recounting this story of what happened in his life, not only personally, but now What he did earlier in and with the other members of the church, the apostles, to show that this isn't just Paul's teaching, but this is the teaching of all of Christ's called apostles and disciples. So he goes up to Jerusalem, not only for the sake of the gospel, but also for the sake of unity within the church. And he says in verse 3, but even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek. So he's saying, look, this is, this is the decision of the whole church. I brought Titus with me to the headquarters, the Jewish headquarters of Christianity in Jerusalem, and they didn't even make him get circumcised. So if anybody now is telling you, Jew, Gentile Galatian believers, that you have to be circumcised, don't listen to them. They're lying. This is not the stance of the church. And I think that's so important because Paul is putting two things together side by side, not just personal testimony, but a personal testimony that's also in line with the testimony of the church, the authority of the
3: church. Both go hand in hand. What does the uh, though he was Greek mean? So Gentile, non-Jewish,
1: uncircumcised, which... Briefly, circumcision, of course, was the sign of the old covenant that God made with Abraham, right? Yes. So that that was held to adamantly by Jews and Pharisees and in all of them. And if you were going to be a child of God, if you were going to be of the people of God, you had to be circumcised. And so now that, that this Jewish Jesus has proven to be the Messiah, he preached a message of grace, not works, because he fulfilled those. You have some that still want to hold on to that old tradition and force it on non Jewish people in order to say that they're saved. And Paul's saying, Look, I took Titus, he was a Gentile, a Greek, into the heart of Jerusalem, the Jerusalem Christian church. If anybody was going to force them to be circumcised, it was them. And no, none of them did. James and John and Peter all said, Nope, they don't need to be circumcised. And so he's calling on, and this is what I was saying earlier. Because I think it's lost in our day. Personal testimony is emphasized a lot. Right. And Paul certainly gives that. And he gives that right up front. We covered that in the first chapter, right? I mean, I was a Pharisee. I was a persecutor. Here's my story. I was all wrong. Jesus saved me, sent me right. But along with that is also the testimony of the church. Because my testimony on my own is always suspect. But as God has always worked through his people, through his chosen prophets and apostles. Paul is saying, so that I made sure I wasn't running in vain, and so that I made sure that this is the true gospel, I even brought it up to Jerusalem. And this is what the brothers said. And that really goes back to Matthew 18, right? If you have a disagreement with somebody, confront them. If that doesn't do it, bring it before the elders. If that doesn't do it, bring it before the church. We're not islands unto ourselves. And not even the Apostle Paul treats it that way. And that's part of the importance of the church. I mean, we see here, and also in Acts, if you read this story as it happened, this is the role of the church, is to make sure correct doctrine, and as a result, correct practice are carried out. Because if not, anything goes. And if everything's okay, nothing's okay. If everything's true, nothing's true. And if we're going to be talking about truth— then there are consequences for that. And what you do or don't do
3: is a direct result
1: of what you believe or not.
3: The Galatians didn't have a, a Bible or the word of God at the time. They, they just had, you know, Paul and, and others.
1: They had letters, right. Of which we have some like this letter to the Galatians. If you actually read in Acts chapter 15, uh, After the Jerusalem council met over this issue, I mean, we're we're speeding through this, but this was a huge issue, this issue of circumcision, and it got tense (laughs) between Paul and especially Peter. Um, they, They wrote a resolution, and not only did they write it in a letter to the Gentiles, but they sent delegates from the Jerusalem church to tell them verbally also. So this was a firm resolution that came down, and this is what Paul's talking about, that after all this consternation, there was resolution, and here's what Christ has said through his church, and that's the emphasis that I'm making here today, too. People wonder, why do I have to go to church? Why is the church needed? I can just be a Christian. I can just be a follower of Jesus. Well, I'm sorry. No, you can't. You can't be a follower of Jesus and not be in and invested in the church. Because look what Paul's doing. Look what the apostles were doing. Look what Jesus did. And, and this is a, I won't say a, a heresy, but a wrong teaching that has to be emphasized over and over again in our day. You know, I mean, we're on the radio, not to take away from radio or streaming, but it's really tough to be a Christian. It's really tough to live the life of discipleship Christ wants for you if it's all digital. If, if you're not invested in the body of the church, and I don't just mean in-person worship on Sundays, but the fact that, that Paul is calling on the testimony of the church in this issue is critical. So Paul says, not even Titus was forced to be circumcised by the, the decision of the church. So going on in verse four, yet because of false brothers secretly brought in who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus so that they might bring us into slavery, to them we did not yield in submission even for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. And again, Paul's talking about the constant attempt Of other men who are out for power, who are out for influence, trying to make a religion out of what Jesus intended to be a relationship with him by grace through faith. And Paul's saying, we didn't relent then, and we're not going to relent now, because the truth is the truth. No exceptions.
3: And, you know, it's like Paul is fighting um, a battle for God here. Yeah. And you know i'm almost you know in in my heart i'm thinking like god send more than paul you know why not you know many more to talk with the galatians you know is there um something what's so significant about you know just paul well it certainly isn't just paul even when you get from this letter right he's talking about him and barnabas
1: and titus you're going to have many more that are referenced he's already referenced the jerusalem church Right. But it is significant that Paul, especially with his background, was the apostle sent to the whole Gentile world. And look what happened. He literally changed the world. Now, it wasn't Paul. How does God magnify his power by taking the most weakest, unsuspecting, unpredictable parts and using those to bring about salvation? And you can look at that going all the way back to the nation of Israel. God chose them because they were the smallest nation. And he would change the world through the smallest, weakest nation to magnify his power and not theirs. That's why he didn't choose Babylon or Assyria or Egypt. That's why he comes as we're, we, 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 depending upon read, what reading you had for the first Sunday in Advent, Jesus comes into Jerusalem on a donkey, humble, humble that he's going to use even death to bring life and it's that fact that testifies to the truth that this has to be god who who can bring life for everyone through the death of one man there's only one answer to that question so although there are more here you're right Jason it is significant that it is paul but not because of paul and that's what paul's saying look i was dead I was living a life of death. But this is how you know it's from God. Don't listen to these other men. So then he says in verse 6, And from those who seemed to be influential, what they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Those, I say, who seemed influential added nothing to me. On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised,
3: Yeah, and let's talk a little bit. You know, I'm not sure if we've read this in prior scripture on the show, but um, Barnabas was in verse 1, and he's mentioned a few other times here. So, you know, what what's the history of Barnabas? It's such an intriguing name.
1: Yeah, uh, his name literally means son of encouragement. He's talked about in the beginning 10, 11 chapters of Acts is where we meet him. He is a, a Levite who was... Um, Uh, the Levites were temple workers going all the way back to the Old Testament. Um, And he was a Jew, part of the Jerusalem church, a leader there, a servant leader, and ultimately paired up with Paul to go on these first missionary journeys. So when Paul was converted, Barnabas was one of those that saw the amazing hand of God at work in Paul and decided to go along with him as an encouragement and support Paul in his mission work that's uh that's belief right there. Well, yeah, that's kind of what Paul is is trying to do again in in Galatians here, at least <clears throat> in these first verses of chapter 1 and and chapter 2 is set up the story so that the hand of God is revealed, not
3: not the will of men, because that's what Paul's fighting against. That's uh still happening today. I mean, it's I'm proof of that and I know lots of people that are you know, well, everyone. Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah, fighting their own wills. There's there's a lot of things that don't change a lot over time. I'm noticing. Well, yeah, and that, that means
1: you, that you're reading the Bible with with the, the correct lens. That although this is a different time and different situations, and and even the context and maybe the specific arguments are are different, uh, the spirit, the, the the underlying spiritual truths and realities are no different today than they were back then. Men want to make religion about them. And what we do, because we think that if I can make it about me, then I'm going to find more assurance of my salvation. I because it's something I have done, I can do. And the, and Paul's saying, look that that there is an eternal danger in believing that, because if you're just honest with yourself, I mean, I've put it this this way to people: Do you even live up to your own expectations? Right. No. I don't think a person with an honest bone in their body is going to say, yes, I have always lived up to my own expectations. If, if you can't live up to your own, what ho- why are you putting the hope of salvation in you living up to God's expectations? And Paul's argument here is saying, guys, this is the lie that's being brought to you. God did not give you the law of Moses, even circumcision, because by following that law, you somehow are meriting salvation. No, God gave you that law. God gave you the gift of circumcision because it's through that that he was delivering salvation to you. And Paul's going to connect that in another letter in Colossians where he says, you've now been circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in baptism baptism am i doing a work because i'm getting baptized uh no the the work is god's work to do if by work you mean stand there while someone pours water over your head then i guess yeah <laughs> you're doing a work but that work is a work of dying relenting right giving up not giving to and and this is this is the threat to the galatians this is the threat to us today And it's really hard for us to trust because because the lie of the devil from the beginning was you're God, you can do it. It's all about you. And Paul's fighting for the true essence of the gospel here, which means he's fighting against the will of men and for the will of God. And the will of God is not only do I want to, but I have done it for you in my son, Jesus. Well,
2: I think it's important to... Remember that when Paul went back to Jerusalem to talk with the other apostles the ones that were had the benefit of actually spending three and a half years with their Lord yeah he was verifying for his listeners or his viewers as you however you want to say it the truth where where the source of truth I guess is what I meant because today we live in a society that where truth is "Quote unquote," relative. It's, well, my truth is this and, and you can be okay with your truth. No, truth is truth. Yeah. And, and, and it's outside of ourselves.
1: Right. And it's outside of our emotions. It's right. outside of circumstances. And that's really where Paul goes next in verse 11. So he's had this meeting in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. They've made these decisions of which Peter was a part of. And then after that, Peter decides that he's going to come to Antioch with Paul to see this ministry to the Gentiles. And while he's there, Paul says, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, meaning from Jerusalem, James is the leader of the church in Jerusalem, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, when the Jerusalem representatives came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? And here we see, even within Peter, the leader of the church, the rock that, that Jesus called him, circumstances, pressure, social influences causing us to start to distort our confession, even Peter. And Paul stood up against Peter, not to be a jerk, but because he said, when I saw their conduct wasn't in step with the gospel, your your conduct can be out of step with my opinion, that's fine, but it can't be out of step with the gospel. And even Peter at that point was caught in between seeing Jesus's love in the gentiles not conforming to the way of the Jerusalem church but then when the Jerusalem church sends its delegates and everything Peter had invested there now he's caught in the middle and he starts waffling mm-hmm. and Paul says no there is no waffling it's either truth or it's not and that's Jason as you said that's a message for today doesn't doesn't matter what it costs popularity your feelings your emotions it's either truth or it's not and and this is what the function of the church should do. This is why you have apostles and pastors. Hopefully this is why you are plugged into a congregation and have Christian friends that can, you can be held accountable to because you have eternity at risk. And we talked about that this past Sunday, right? How many times did Jesus tell his, his, his apostles, watch, be careful, you can be led astray, you can be lulled to sleep. And Paul's saying, this, this is that important that I even stood up to Peter himself Because it's the gospel. And that's the testimony that he's leveling here for these Galatians, who this whole thing's repeating over again for, these same Judaizers that were here before. Again, nothing new under the sun, as Ecclesiastes says. The gospel is the gospel. Salvation comes to us as a gift from God by his grace and love, and the work that's required for that salvation has already all been done by his son, who he said fulfilled the Old Testament, fulfilled the law and the prophets for us. And after having fulfilled it, gave up his own life in our place so that his perfect blood could be a substitute for our sins. Amen. Amen.
0: We pray our time together in God's word has been a blessing to you and to your faith in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior of the world. If you enjoy listening to our program, we would love to hear from you. Go to eternalconnectionradio.com. To find our full episode archive, contact us. Let us know you enjoy the show or ask a question that Pastor Jay will answer on the air. God bless all of you. We look forward to connecting with you again next Sunday on The Eternal Connection.